0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith's America Podcast. This is Volume 64, and it's one of my favorite ones we've ever had. I get the great opportunity to chat with my buddy, country music star Justin Moore, about his brand new album that he just released this past week called Late Nights and Long Necks. And it's a fantastic country music record, very traditional. Justin feels like he's getting back to his roots a little bit on the artist he wants to be. It's his fifth studio album. And as a friend of his and someone that, um, I've, I've gotten to know Justin pretty well here over the past few years. And we like to, we like to play, uh, what, what we like to call nineties country tennis. We'll have us a couple of cocktails and he'll play a song and then I'll try to one up him and I'll play a song and we just go back and forth and have a great time. He's a tremendous human being, a great father, a great husband, loves him some woo pig suey. And, uh, and I loved having the opportunity to talk to him not only about his passion for the Arkansas Razorbacks and about this brand-new album that he's just put out, but also kind of his philosophy and how he stuck to his guns and why he he thinks it's worked in Nashville, which is a tough town. I know you guys are going to love this interview. I certainly did. Uh, One of my favorite people. I enjoy being around him. I enjoy his perspective. And, uh, and just how daggone talented he is. This record, late nights and long necks is just, I really like it. And we get, we get into it. Y'all enjoy it. Uh, this is Justin Moore on the Marty Smith's America podcast brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right. I want to paint a picture for y'all. So I'm sitting in a 1970. Ford Ranger XLT parked outside a Baptist church in rural North Carolina here a couple of months ago. About to shoot a commercial with my man, Ryan McGee, uh, for the Southeastern Conference Network. And the commercial script calls for us to call the hogs. And we're sitting there looking at each other like a couple of dumbasses. Neither one, we've all <laughs> seen it. We've, we've, we've both seen it for our whole entire lives, but we never had to do it before. And we like authenticity. So I phone a friend. This friend answers the phone, but he is just as flustered as hell. I mean, he goes he's like, "Hey, hey, hey bud, I'll call you right back. I'm going to let I'm going to let my buddy, my great friend Justin Moore take it from there, and I want you to paint the picture of where you were in that moment."
1: <laughs> I was flustered. I was uh I was at Disney World and uh, you you and I have actually seen each other there, so you you are very familiar with <laughs> with Disney and all that it entails, and it's enough to fluster the greatest of parents <laughs> for sure. Uh, but and no, I was uh, one of my daughters had lost their their Magic Band, and for those listening who don't know what it is, it's basically your access to everything. Uh, it's your room key, but they make it into a bracelet, and, so that it's basically impossible to lose but somehow my uh my seven-year-old managed to do so so uh if you have to get on a a waiting list uh, in order uh you know you're just sitting there basically in line and right at the moment uh you called me uh it, it was i was they buzzed me and said okay you're ready and i'd been waiting there like i don't know half hour or something like that so that was why i was so flustered but uh but I called you back and I think we got it sorted out. So hopefully the we shoot did. ended
0: up going well. We did. We got it. I mean, look, man, if ever there were a calling the hogs expert, it's Justin Cole Moore. And we, <laughs> uh, we feel like we were as authentic as could possibly be. Now, the one thing I fear that hog fans may question a little bit is the pitch of our woo. All right. We, yeah. we went, we might have gone just a little too high. We might have gone like the, we, we might have gone like the Celine Dion calling the hogs kind of thing but <laughs> we'll see how that that unfolds brother thank you so much you great. For, for joining us on the Marty Smith's America podcast i love you and and it just means so much to me that you take the time and we well, are right back at for, you man i appreciate you having me for for those of you guys listening justin has a brand new record out it's his fifth to date and it's called late nights and long necks and it's interesting to me this record is, is just phenomenal, start to finish. It's just stellar. And it's funny well, to me you. how how critics in this life like to judge things, especially when it comes to music or literature. It's always sort of this simplicity versus complexity equation. Did the artist or the writer take chances? Did the artist or the writer show evolution in his or her catalog? There are lauded albums that critics just champion. And I think they're unlistenable. For me, it's pretty simple. Are the damn songs good or not? And (laughs) on Late Nights and Long Necks, for me, the songs, the entire catalog of this record is absolutely phenomenal. And you had a pen in every one of these songs, correct? I did. I did, which, you know, I've
1: written... Outside of the last album, I've written the majority of of what I've done, but this is the first time I've actually uh, co-written every single song on the album. So that's something that's uh, you know I'm pretty proud of, and especially with these songs. And I I appreciate the compliment on it. And I'm kind of like you, man. Uh, It's just do I can I relate to the songs, and do I like the songs, and, and you know if if I got to the point where I was making albums to make critics happy, man, I'm, I might as well hang it up because I, I make music for myself first and foremost. And then, you know, for, for our fans and, and people that I think, uh, can get something out of them.
0: Well, I certainly do. I mean, it's, it's been on repeat for me and, and it's funny because I'll get into the, the specific song that I've had on repeat now for, for quite some time because it's just the way that it's arranged and the way it's written just as just, punches me right across the mouth but you've said to me and and i've heard you say in in a couple of other conversations that you've had that that this album is your most authentic yet it's authentic to who you are what attributes make it so
1: well first and foremost i think it's it's the most traditional sounding album we've made and you know our our music has obviously been really traditional leaning uh, throughout my entire career, you know, I've, I've taken a few chances that are, are going outside my proverbial box uh, a time or two in my career on a, you know, a handful of songs. But, um, you know, at this point in my career, we're you know, 12 years into this now, I, I, when we started having a conversation about making a new album, I, I just told my record label, I said, man, here's the deal. I said you know, we did some different things on the last album, and although I enjoyed it and they were successful, I really just want to get back to doing what it is that, A, I think I do best, and B, what I enjoy doing most, which is really, really traditional uh, sound and country music, and I think it shows that uh, that in this album, that's, that's what I do best, I, I believe, and uh, because of those those things, man, I, I I enjoyed making this album more so than any of my career. Which to be able to say that as far in our career as we are, I think is pretty special.
0: Why do you think the uh, label trusted you? You know, that's a million dollar question. Because <laughs> <laughs> look, know. Man, look, uh, you the facts are there's not a whole ton of artists that can go in there and say, hey, executive X. We've done this. We've tried this. It was commercially successful. I got all these number ones, but I need to do this right now.
1: Yeah, Not a lot I think, of people can do that. Uh, you know, obviously, the, a lot of credit goes to the label. They, throughout my career, there have been times where they've they've said, "Hey, what can we try something like this or something like that?" Uh, but for the most part, man, they've been really, really uh, good to me uh, from really the jump. And and as you know, because uh, you know the business well. That's not typically the case, especially with a brand new artist. So when I went in and wanted to make the album I made, uh, you know, my debut album, uh, I had a lot of say, so a lot more so than some of my buddies that were were coming out around the same time as me, you know. And and so they've kind of always allowed me to 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 do what it is I want to do for the most part. Obviously there are some exceptions, and that's that's going to be the case in everybody's career, but for for the most part man, they've always been um they've always trusted me for whatever reason. And I guess the fact that we're still here doing it, uh, uh, you know, and had the longevity that we've had, I I guess, uh, you know, obviously that helps as well.
0: Which song on this album made you work the hardest to find its purpose?
1: Oh man.
0: You know, I'm
1: really proud of of the majority or obviously the whole album, but, uh, and this is probably the one you're going to bring up if I had to guess, but, but, uh, someday I got to quit. <laughs> you know me I, too. I really, yeah, I really relate to. And, um, it's a song idea that I had because I showed up somewhere and hadn't seen a buddy of mine or something in, in a, in a, in a while. And I had a dip in, as you know, I dip, which is terrible. And you're still <laughs> shooting that stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah, man. Someday I got to quit, but it ain't going to be today. And uh, I thought, oh, boom, i gotta, I got to write that. And so along with uh, Paul Giovanni who co-wrote everything on this album, I believe, with me, um, and my producer, Jeremy Stover, and Casey Bethard, who Casey is just Sweet. so, so good, uh, especially with that type of uh, title. Um, uh, we sat down and wrote it. And uh, I was really proud of that song because it, it really – it sounds like something different than we've, we've ever had on an album in my, in my opinion. And I was really proud of the the lyrics on that album or that, that song rather.
0: It's, it's you're right. I mean, that's, that's the one. And not only is it on repeat right now for me, it's been in very heavy rotation for me for a couple months now. Justin sent it to me for my thoughts on it, maybe back in May, somewhere around in there. And
1: yeah, you're a good sounding board, man. I know you know country music and love country music. So, I, you know, as we would get have songs trickle in, I would say I think I sent you two or three something like that.
0: You uh, did, and it, I, it's it's just very well produced, very rich instrumentally, and it's so well written. And so many guys have lived the story of that song, and so yeah. many guys have experienced the girl. That provides this unrelenting force in their lives and you can't corral that, that unrelenting force and you'll do anything to release the stranglehold. And it's just like so many guys will go, holy smokes, man, that is my life. And the delivery, I was actually talking to Justin about this yesterday, uh, texting back and forth with him about the delivery of the, of the next to last line in the middle verse is it's a really kind of simple line but the way I want to ask you about the way it's delivered the line is this holding it is heavy i admit and and t- you're talking about grudges and that is such a unique line for me because god almighty if you could just let it go if you could just let it go no matter what that grudge might be it's amazing how freeing it is and how much freer you can live but it's so hard to do. And the way yeah, you can't you can't do it. You can't do it. <laughs> how, I want you to put me in the in the recording studio with you because the inflections the inflection that you use or the or the I don't know the musical way y'all talk on that specific level, whether it's the pitch or the whatever that is. How many times do you record that? How many different ways because the way that you deliver that line for me just sits me back in my seat.
1: Oh, thanks, man. You know, sometimes you just get it right. Um, you know, more times than not, you don't, but sometimes you do. And uh, I'm not a guy who in the studio uh, bangs my head against the wall and goes, let me do this a hundred times so you got stuff to pick from. I go in there and I feel like as long as I get the emotion right, then it's good. You know, it, it, doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, but as long as I get the emotion right, um, then, then I, I let it alone. I don't, I don't sit there and pick at it. And so really to answer your question, not a whole lot, man, probably two or three times maybe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll have that way. We have a couple of options and then. I, I I'd sit there with my producer and uh, you know choose between the the two or three that I think is 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 you know is best and so you know I've always said that uh, it's not about being the best singer out there it's it's when when I sing it or or Eric Church or Alde anybody whoever if I believe it when they sing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that, to me, is the key. is is one of the best to me one of the best guys who's ever been in country music. at, at Let's say selling a song, and you believe every single word of it is is McGraw. I, was
0: just I mean, anything
1: yeah. he sings, you go. I, I totally believe that. Um, and so that's something I've worked on throughout my career to, to get better at, and, and feel as though I probably have over the you know course of my career.
0: Well, it, it th- that song that song's just phenomenal. It's just so good, man. I thank you, brother. For for those the folks listening who don't understand how a record release works, it, it is it's <laughs> a hell. It's it's a grind, and it's funny. It's funny because for the first time, despite the fact that I have many friends in your industry and have seen you guys walk your way through these record releases. I'm kind of living it for the first time because of my book. That's right. I'm I'm watching this calendar fill up with all of these appearances and all of these interviews and stuff like you're doing right now with me. And you want to make sure that you're fresh and you want to make sure that you're conveying the passion that you have poured into this project. But the volume is a little daunting. I want you to walk. Walk my listeners through what is a record release for an artist.
1: Well, usually about the week leading into it and the the week coming out of it is is there's not a whole lot of time to sleep, not a whole lot of downtime, and I don't want to come across as as as, uh, unappreciative because, as you know, certainly I'm I'm very fortunate and know that uh, to have the opportunity to do what I do for a living. But yeah, man, with Especially with little ones and uh, at home that, that you don't get to see for a couple of weeks too awful much. Uh, it's tough, but you know, like for instance today, uh, I'm I'm calling you this early and and uh, I don't finish up until about nine or ten tonight. Wow. Um, and so you know, it's a bunch of radio interviews. It's there's some TV uh, interviews and and then uh, we're uh, we're having a little event at at uh, in in downtown Nashville, like a little record release type event where we'll play a handful of songs off the new album. And so, yeah, you 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 hit it on the head when you said daunting. When you look at it, that's why I don't even look at the schedule. I just go. <laughs> I right, just I get in the car and take me where I got to go, and tell me tell me who I'm talking to, and let me try to run through it without ruining my career. Uh, <laughs> and, and so it's uh. It's it is daunting, but it, it, as you know, man, it's a, it's a lot of fun. But it if you really sat back and thought about it too much, you'd probably go want to pull your hair out and just get in the corner and cry about it.
0: You have the right the right thought process, which is the one that I'm taking as well. What an unbelievable blessing to yep. even have the opportunity to have taken these ideas, these passion filled. Vulnerable ideas out of your mind, place them on paper, and in your case, recorded them so that the world could consume them and thereby be impacted, you hope, in a certain way and a similar way that you put them out to the world. What an right. un- unbelievable blessing. And that's exactly how. You think how, about all the people who have all this stuff floating around their head
1: and they have no outlet to, to, to let it out. And, you know, you and I are in the minority of the world's population who do have that outlet. I know.
0: And, 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 and not only have an outlet, you and I are blessed with, with substantial outlets and substantial yeah. belief from others and substantial financial backing. It's that's just exactly right. When you sit there and you think about it, you go, my Lord, you just bow your head and you feel humbled it's it's just amazing
1: i uh i know you're like me man uh and, oh, sorry man. my bus uh water apparently is screwed up um <laughs> but no you're you're like me man you're you're an involved dad and and it means a lot to you to to set the right example for your kids and people ask me all the time like man what's the proudest thing uh you know moment of your career or the thing that you're most proud of about your career for me, it's, as cliche as it sounds, my mom and dad told me, "Hey, man, you can do anything you want to do uh, as long as you set your mind to it and you work your ass off." And and I believed them. But the fact that you and I can not only you know tell our kids that, but show them, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. look, we we proved it. We did it."
0: It's from nowhere, such a blessing, right? From nowhere. I mean, from nowhere. Poy in Arkansas is about big as my kitchen. Parisburg yeah, Virginia exactly. is about big as your kitchen, and exactly. you know you're you're from from as rural Arkansas as it comes. I'm from Appalachia. People, you know, they like you were you're one of these stories that you went back, like you got out and you you found your your purpose there. Like you realize that home is where. Had to be so you had you you decided to go back most folks where we grew up don't leave no you're exactly right and i you know
1: not only the people where we're from not really make it or have the opportunity to make it i don't know if it was the same for you growing up people where i'm from don't even realize that this is possible
0: no same like here.
1: it's so far beyond like you know folks comprehension like it's just unfathomable I mean, you you don't even think about it and so I always you know it's it, it is pretty neat when you start thinking about it in terms of that
0: uh you know one thing that that means so much to me but i just kind of i sort of shake my head and i wonder how you feel about this especially since you moved back home i always crack up and it, it, it does mean so much to me, but it's just such a unique thing to hear. Man, you ain't changed a bit. Like, good. I mean, good, but, but was the expectation that I was going, going to change? I, that yeah. always intrigues me, that perspective. I'm glad
1: that well, that's Ma- Marty, the Well, pers- Marty, so many people do, you know. And we know them. I mean, we know some of them. Yeah. And. and... Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. You know, and so I think that is the expectation. You know, it's somewhat unfair when people expect that of us because you feel like going, man. You know me, like you know yeah. me better than that. <laughs> and I'm still scared of my mom and dad, so you yeah. know, I I wouldn't change <laughs> just out of fear of them.
0: I, I won't keep you terribly long, but I just I have a few more that I'd like to chat with you about. Why you bet? It's. It, what What is the challenge of making it in Nashville, Tennessee, and what is the definition for you of making it in Nashville, Tennessee?
1: Well, I think it's changed for me over the years. Um, you know, it used to be, uh, I'll answer the second question first, he, success to me or making it to me used to be, man, I want to sell more records in Garth Brooks, and I want to, you know, have more number ones in George Strait and this and that, and uh you know over the years I, i've realized and here's here's where the uh part of answering the first question comes into play is you know as well as i do the politics involved and all of that and, um there's politics in any business and it's uh, any business it's a lot about who you know and this and that but so for me man success or making it uh after i had a full scope and a full understanding of what all it entails to reach this level or another level or whatever, um, you know, success or making it to me is is exactly what I'm doing. I'm here 12 years later after signing my deal. Still fortunate that country radio is playing my records and we're having hit songs and we're still selling albums and tickets. And I still get to do this for a living. But that I also have the chance to, to live back home, which you touched on a while ago, mm-hmm. around my parents and grandparents. And... Uh, you know, as long as I get to keep doing it until I want to stop, that would be to me making it, so to speak.
0: It's so funny how that happens. I, I, I am in the same place. Am I defined by the job or am I defined as husband and father? I, I don't, I want to be defined for my children as daddy. Yeah. Well, there. I say this
1: all the time, and I know that you feel the same way, is, um, you know, I want to be known for a whole lot more than just a pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's there's things that I want to be known for. Obviously, when I was being a good husband, a good dad, and, and a good Christian, um, and, you know, who knows what else I want to get into uh, down the road, but, but it's certainly... It's, it's what we do, but it ain't who we are.
0: Right. That's exactly right, man. Uh, let's go back to that first record real quick. Here you are. You're 25 years old. First single ever out of the box, as I recall, was like a digital release when, when they put out, (laughs) I could kick your ass. Album cover looks like a senior pitcher or something. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you ain't, you ain't, you ain't. I mean, it's amazing how you look like a kid. When you look was, back at that man. now, I know you were. And when you look back <laughs> at that now and all and, and the evolution of that with the messaging that you were putting out, what, what do you think? What do you think about? Well, I
1: certainly think that, that uh, you know, you fast forward to say this album, it's a lot more mature uh, mm-hmm. because I'm more mature. I'm a different... Uh, you know, I have a different mindset, which we just kind of talked about. Um, you know, my goals in life have changed, my priorities in life have changed. Um, you know, I'm still proud of that album. You know, I really, I really it liked the album, and I, I think it, I think it was a really good introduction, uh, not only musically, so that people got a got a glimpse of of who I was as an artist, but I think it really provided insight as to who I was as a person, also. And, you know, I, I, uh, I've certainly matured over the years in all, in all kinds of ways. Um, uh, but, but I do think it was a pretty good introduction, but man, you know, me, I, I certainly don't like to look at the, uh, the CD booklet, um, <laughs> but I ain't never been accused of being no model in the first place. Uh, and that ain't that is not going to happen. Uh,
0: how was your passion for the Arkansas Razorbacks developed? You know, it's all we got.
1: We we don't have a pro team back home, um, obviously, and and so you know there are some other schools who have have done some some good things in their respective divisions, et cetera, uh, back home. Uh, but you know, ninety nine percent of the people who who grow up there and live there are are all arkansas razorbacks all the time and i think it's you know arkansas is i would say is considered a, a an underdog state you know we're not although there's quite a bit of money in, in certain pockets there um uh, you know we don't it's not like some other places obviously around the country um people for the most part are, are working are hard-working middle-class uh, folks, or, or even um, lower than middle class, uh, and they just need something to 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 hang their hat on and 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 scream for and bleed for and fight for. Uh, you know, the Razorbacks have always been that, and you know, I think the Razorbacks, in you know, more specifically than just the state, have always been, um, you know. Underdogs for the most part. Even years were expected to do good. People go, ah, oh, yeah, but it's Arkansas, you know. And, and so, uh, you know, to, to to have to have the Razorbacks when they're good, man, it's just so good back home. And it's it's like all the businesses do better. All the uh, everybody's in a better mood. It's just uh, and so it's it's been a, a rough few years for us with everything, with the exception of, of baseball. You know, it's been a it's been and then of course. You know, of course we we get right to the finish line and can't cross it in baseball either. So yeah, it's uh, it it's it's been rough, but again, uh, people just eat, sleep, and breathe it, and and hopefully we're we're on the way back to uh, being relevant.
0: Well, I love you, Coach. I love Chad Morris. I uh, he you know he's a he's a Dabo Sweeney protege, worked under Dabo at Clemson. Of then went to SMU, and now he's at Arkansas. And I've, I interviewed him a couple weeks back at SEC Media Days. Uh, McGee and I interviewed him, and he has this very like uh, undaunted passion about him that that he believes. And last year was hard as hell on him because he's just not used to losing. Right, and he is doggedly determined to make sure yeah. that that program. Is reinstilled to its its former glory, and yeah, I uh, I wish him well there. It's just the most difficult league in the entire sporting collegiate like. sporting land. I mean, the SEC West is just it's stupid, it's brutal.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it really is.
1: I I like him a lot too, man, and um, and I'm really impressed by what they've been able to do off the field, um, in a really short amount of time. You know, the, the recruiting class that he put together last year and then he's putting together now. It's just, I'm, I'm 35 and I've never, I've never seen us recruit at this level ever. I mean, maybe the year that Danny Ford was hired, possibly, which was, would have been like mid nineties. Uh, but after that, not even when Petrino had it rolling, did we do that? So, and the thing is, you know, we've had some good coaches, uh, you know, I think Brett was a good coach too, but sometimes it's a, it's more about the fit, and I think Chad Morris is a perfect fit. And it's yet to be determined whether, you know, I, I'm correct in that, but it certainly seems like it. he gets Arkansas, um, and so I, I'm I'm certainly pulling for him, and and uh, and I, I feel really good about where we are right now as far as the process of, you know, like I said, getting back to being relevant.
0: As personalities go coaching-wise, there are a few that are funnier than Bielema. That dude's funny. Tell, yeah, he's me, hilarious. A, tell me a good Bielema story.
1: <laughs> man, I just actually had lunch with him a few weeks ago. We were up in Boston and played a show and had, had lunch with him, and he's doing really good. But, man, the first night we ever hung out, um, uh, you know me. Uh, you and I have had a few cocktails together. <laughs> Uh, That's where I uh, over,
0: over half my life, I
1: think <laughs> over the years, and I mean, I, I think the first time we hung out, um, we uh, we had some cocktails together at a friend's condo, and um, I outlasted him, which I gave him some grief over because I was like, <laughs> "Dude, I'm giving up like 200 pounds here," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, I I have a little more practice at it, uh, doing what I do for a living, <laughs> so. But no, he's a great guy. I mean, we're still great friends, and, and uh, I'm, I'm certainly happy for him. He's landed in a really good spot with uh, New England, and mm-hmm. he got a Super Bowl ring last year. So, uh, but he's doing good, man. He's got uh, he's got two little girls now, and and um, so it was good to catch up with him, and obviously wish him well uh, moving forward.
0: Similar to Arkansas, in in the way that, that the state embraces that that university and certainly that football team all the athletic teams but certainly the football team there's a certain identity there and i can relate because that's how virginia tech is where i grew up and i have these amazing memories of of games as a little boy what are your memories of of going to see the hogs when you were little
1: man uh they are similar now that you think about it that's that's really true Uh, um outside of what y'all, you guys have, Virginia and Virginia Tech? Or do we not speak of Virginia?
0: Who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but,
1: no, um, you know, I, I I didn't go to a lot of the games growing up just because we simply couldn't afford it. Right, um, right. But, but we always, you know, that, that was when the Razorbacks played half their games In Little Rock, which I live near Little Rock, and so we would go to one game a year in Little Rock uh, because that was the ones we could afford because, you know, my parents couldn't take off and drive us four hours to Fayetteville. And it was the the tickets, I think, seemed to be more expensive. Plus, you had to stay in hotels, et cetera, that kind of stuff. So I went to all the, the, uh, or went to one a, a year in Little Rock. And the one of the ones that stands out to me in Little Rock was, uh, you'll have to check me to make sure I'm right on this, but it was the last Southwest Conference game that we had. Wow. Uh, and I believe it was Rice. Uh, and I, I I just never forget, um, which now looking back, it's like, hell, we didn't know what we were getting into. But uh, I'll never forget the whole crowd chanting, SEC, SEC. And, you know, I'm – <laughs> or eight, nine at the time. I don't have a clue really what it even means, but uh, I remember doing that. And then the other game that really stands out to me that I I, I got to go to uh, was what we kind of consider the redemption game, which was ninety nine against Tennessee. Um, ninety eight is when we went into uh, Knoxville and had them beat. And, uh, I think we were ranked 10th and they were ranked first in the country. We had them beat and it was the Sterner fumble. Sterner fumble. Yep. And with like two minutes left or something and we were, we were up. So fast forward next year and, uh, and we beat them in Fayetteville by the exact same score. Um, and I, I got to be at that game. They tore the goal post down and they, they carried them down Dixon Street. It was, uh, it was pretty cool, man. As a 15 year old kid, it was, it was pretty neat.
0: I love it. I mean, those are the best. All right, one more, and I'll get you out of here. and We're going to go back to business real quick. Because I was intrigued by Scott Borchetta's decision to sell Big Machine, right? Mm-hmm. And for yeah. people listening who don't know, Justin's label, Valerie, is a is subsidiary, the right word, branch? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, it's a subsidiary of Big Machine. And I just wondered, how does the sale of big machine records impact you as an artist, if at all?
1: You know, I think it's yet to be determined, buddy. Um, you know, I, I'm hopeful that it's helpful. Uh, I've been I've been explained to because of Scooter's uh, Scooter Braun is the one who bought it for those of those of you out there listening, and uh, so who, he was one of the the earliest guys to start Spotify. So. Um, you know, supposedly because of his connections, it's going to help us in that in that lane. Um, maybe where we could could use a little nudge. Um, and then, it, from what I've been explained, it's not going to change any of the operations in in, in the Nashville offices. So, uh, as for now, I'm excited about it and uh, and and look forward to getting to know that that uh, the folks. Uh, with Scooter's company, and, and hopefully it's positive. And, but, you know, from a business perspective, because that's kind of the way you led into this question, I have one album left on my deal. So, you know, hopefully it's it's a positive and things are are great. And uh, I, I would love, as loyal a loyal guy as I am, I would love to stay with, with Valerie. But if not, um, you know, fortunately I should be able to have options. But uh, certainly I'm not hoping that that, is is the case but i because i'm excited about where we are right now and and uh you know the prospect of of this being a a major positive uh, as opposed to you know i I start not being able to recognize what we're doing and all that so
0: well uh, certainly right now the momentum is tremendous late nights and long nicks y'all go by justin's record trust me it's just so good, and I'm so proud of you, brother, and I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight and your example, and uh, good luck on the rest of this crazy tour you're on. <laughs>
1: well, man, right back at you. I appreciate you and, and uh, obviously the platform, and, and congratulations on your book. I can't wait to read it. Did you do an audio book?
0: I did. I did do an audio book. Okay. I got to
1: get that. To, I got to get that. I've got to where I love audio books now, Damn, man. Um, one you need to read or listen to is Charlie Daniels. Never look at the cheap seats. All right. That's my I'll, tip I'll of the it. day for you. It, it's him reading it. It's awesome. It's awesome. So, but didn't mean to get on that tangent, but, uh, but I was trying to say congrats on your stuff and, and keep your head low too. And hopefully we'll have a chance to catch up in person soon, brother.
0: I can't wait, dude. You're the best. Have a great day. All right, man. buddy. Hey, thanks, man. You too. Take care. I wanted so badly to ask him that question about the sale of Big Machine Records and Scott Borchette has owned it. Scott Borchette is the guy who gave Justin his, his original chance in Nashville and they've done five records together and then Scott just sold the company. And I wondered how that might impact Justin's career. I'll appreciate his candor. I liked what he had to say there. My record deal, I have one more record on this deal. And then we'll see. And he's right. I mean, his body of work, certainly another uh, label would pick him up if, in fact, it got to that. Um, and that's something that had to happen. But yeah. I love what he said, to Travis, about Arkansas and how the Razorbacks are the pro team there. They're the only team there. And I, it is so relatable to me growing up in southwest Virginia and virginia tech being our pro team that's exactly how it was for us as well
2: i have a friend that's from arkansas and so i was around him the year that they went to the sugar bowl and just seeing the joy that arkansas football brings somebody it's hard to explain because he's right that they don't have this other team on sunday that can lift their spirits or whatever it's arkansas and it's that's it
0: yeah it is and and i appreciated his perspective not only on brett bielema a great friend of his, but also Chad Morris, who is trying to reinstill that standard of excellence in Fayetteville, and I think he can do it again. The SEC West is the most difficult league in all of college football, and I, it's just not—it's not easy, sledding When you're talking about Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, it, Ole Miss, they're—they're uh, they're a little there's down no, right now. There's no now, bye
2: but... week in the West.
0: There's no bye week. That's right. And it was funny. We were talking to Matt Luke about that, uh, at SEC Media Days, old Mrs. head coach. And he said, man, you, you know, you put on the tape and you go play the game and then you put on the tape the next week and you're like, God, that team's even better than
2: the one we just played. Like some conferences, you might have a conference game where you can, all right, get some guys that are, you know, beat up, kind of get them a little rest or, you know, pull them on the fourth quarter. No.
0: No. And as you guys heard there, one of the things that Justin and I love to talk about when we're just hanging out, tossing a couple back and listening to songs is representing small town America. He most certainly does that. He lives in Poy in Arkansas, his hometown, born and raised. And after he established himself in Nashville, he realized he needed to be back there. He was being called home back to Arkansas. And so he moved his family back there, built him a compound. And he loves the opportunity to be the face of not only his hometown, but that whole region. And I feel very blessed that I get the opportunity to represent the New River Valley in southwest Virginia. Certainly, I'm not the face of it. Uh, there are plenty of athletes who hail from Virginia Tech, and certainly Frank Beamer and his whole family, including his son Shane, who is the assistant head coach at the University of Oklahoma uh, under Lincoln Riley. And Shane's a great friend of mine. And we played against each other in every high school sport. And I like to tell him we kicked their ass and everything. He just chuckles. But it is so important to me to represent home well. And for my friends back home and my mentors back home and my teachers and my coaches to be proud of me. And I know how much that means to Justin, too. It was neat to talk to him about that. And I just I appreciate his time so much. He's on this He's on this album release gauntlet, which as you guys heard him say, he's going from dawn until 10 PM every day trying to raise awareness for his new album coming out. I'm about to go through that gauntlet with my book, Never Settle. I have a packed schedule, which I just emailed you, Travis. It is uh, crazy.
2: Like I don't, the publicism people for Justin Moore, I can only imagine what that's like for his. Just looking at yours, I get a little bit of a headache at times and, uh, I imagine his is a little bigger.
0: Yeah, and it's a blessing. Yes. It's it's a lot to manage and if you look at it and it's I think Justin said this in the interview. If you look at it as a whole, your head's gonna pop off. So you look at each individual challenge and you try to tackle that challenge and then move on to the next one. The number one thing that's cool about it is the opportunity to profess and disseminate the passion that you have within you and the joy you have within you and or the pain. That, that fostered this piece of art. And I, I consider that to be so
2: awesome. You, you think about it because it has this album that he loves so much and was able to pour everything into being able to talk about it. It's not this task for him. It's a joy for him. And you look at his album, it runs the, the gauntlet of emotions and what it can bring somebody just listening to it.
0: It does. You guys have to get it. Travis and I have both had it on repeat for about a week now. And it's just, it's just phenomenal. And we we discussed it there, chatting with Justin. Someday I gotta quit. That song just punched me right across the face. He did send it to me as we said there. He sent it to me a couple months ago. I was sitting on the couch in Charlotte, um, and and I got a text from him, and he goes, "Hey, I need you to listen to something. I need your perspective on this. I think it's a real good song. I think it might be a hit song, and I'd like to have your thoughts on it." So I gra- grabbed me a cold beer and walked out to the to the back deck walked down to my dock and I sat there on my dock with a cold beer and I li- I bet I listened to that song 20 times in a row watching the sunset that day and I just you know it's funny he texts me he's like man damn what give me something and I I texted him back and I said man I can't stop listening to this
2: what's that like when a friend sends you a song and wants your input
0: um hard to describe because it me- it's- it means so much to me. It means so much to me that they trust me, first of all. They trust, not only do they trust the intuition and the ear, but they also trust that you're going to keep it in the circle, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that just means so much to me that that I have that. And with, with so many different guys, I've had that great blessing with artists that y'all have all heard of and artists you haven't. And I have friends who have trudged through the sewers of that town just trying to get one cut on the radio and they'll send me these songs and they're so good they're unbelievably good and to see them finally have that moment all the way up to guys like eric and justin chase and these guys who've had a lot of commercial success for them to continue to trust you with what your thoughts are on stuff but yeah, that's a good question, Travis. It's humbling, is what it is. I remember I mean, you
2: sent me the YouTube link when it was finally exciting. out. You sent that to me to listen to, and I was like, "Well, this all right, this is a good song," and I knew that the album. If this is just one piece of it, you knew that the rest of the album was going to be a good one.
0: I meant what I said to him about the critics. It's so funny to me how people want to be critical, and they're like, they have everybody has an opinion, and that's okay, but you can't base the worth of the project and you can't base the value of the project on on that opinion you have to base the value of the project on whatever lives you impacted positively and that's the way that you have to view those things because if it's worth its salt it's vulnerable and if it's vulnerable that means you poured poured pieces of yourself that you don't normally show the public into that project that's the way this book is for me man Mm-hmm. I put I put parts of my soul in this book, and one week from today, it's out there. It's out there for the world to take and to consume, and I pray every day that it affects at least one life positively.
2: I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on it and to go through and read it, and then... uh also probably get the audio version just so I can just hear how you read it to make, cause it's going to be a little different that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that's a cool endorsement. Actually, when people read my work, they say they hear me saying it. And I love that. I'm that way with Jeremy Schapp. Anytime I read Jeremy Schapp sends me a text and I read Jeremy's text, I hear it in Jeremy Schapp. He's one of those guys. McGee, the same way. Well,
2: because the words in the book, they're going to, if I read it, it's going to be enunciated and their words are going to sound normal. I need, you know, that Southern accent. I need the Virginia to pull out some of those words out a little differently.
0: It was free eight hour VO sessions.
2: He mentioned it was. I'm thinking about the person editing that, how that was like. I had no, well, you know what's funny? We didn't do a whole lot of reads.
0: We didn't do a whole lot of reads. I just read the book. And there were certain things I had to go back over if I misspoke or whatnot, but generally we went right through that thing. And by the end of it, my my brain was cooked and my voice was cooked. But I was just like, "Man, this is awesome to get to do this." Who gets like, I just feel so fortunate that I got to write that book, and I so hope that all you guys like it. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, Y'all go pick up Justin's record. Late Nights and Long Necks, You Will Not Be Sorry. It is so good, especially if you love like an older, more traditional country music sound from the 90s kind of era, which is my favorite era. It's also Justin's favorite era, and it's just a great, great record, man. Who who doesn't
2: like 90s country? I know.
0: I know. Again, that interview with Justin was brought to you by ZipRecruiter, which is the smartest way to hire. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review processes. Not anymore. Today, hiring's easy. All you have to do is go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. If you do that, ZipRecruiter will send your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. They do not stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes every one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective, in fact, that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter have a quality candidate through that site within the very first day. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That is zero dollars and zero cents at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. That's ziprecruiter.com slash M-A-R-T-Y. ZipRecruiter.com slash Marty. ZipRecruiter. Smartest way to hire. So I got a big week ahead here. I'm, I'm heading to Charlotte. We got our big college football seminar for ESPN where all of the on-air folks that cover college football, all the producers involved in college football convene upon one place and we spend a couple days um, discussing new rules, discussing our thoughts about the season, going over our different broadcast teams, spending time together and just ramping up for the season. That means it's time to go. I'll be there when it's, when, huh? I'll be there. Oh, good. I didn't know that. Did yeah, you tell me yes, that? Yes, I told you that. Well, damn. I'm a good friend. Yeah. I didn't even realize that's good. I'll see you there. Yeah.
2: We'll, we'll see, we'll see you half the time winner. And you know, last week you're up here and we were barely, barely able to hang out. So we'll see.
0: That's pretty good. Did I'm you, glad you're going to be there. Did you see who's we'll have joining to the you and
2: McGee will have to have a cold beer. Maybe if McGee's flight doesn't. If he, if he even came back from St. Lucia, I don't even know if he's back yet.
0: He might be still in the middle of that pool with he, his beer sitting on that float. Did you see who's
2: joining the college football team? Pat uh, Ma- Mark Sanchez Pat, and Ryan Leaf? Pat McAfee just announced they signed Did he? him. He's going to be doing, uh, Thursday nights. That's fantastic. With, uh, he's a, he'll be a great at With additional. Adam Amin, Hasselback and Molly McGrath. They're oh, throwing, man, they're throwing that guy last. into it
0: they're going to have so much fun. I love Pat. I love his spirit and and Adam I Amin, mean, I mean, what a rising star. That guy is unflappable. He covers every single sport that there is, hot dog eating. He's just unbelievably talented. When it comes to ESPN, there's talent everywhere. And that dude, he is something else. And that's a great team they put together. Matt will love being in the college game again and Molly's great. So Thrill for those guys. They'll have a blast. And I can't wait for the season to start. We're less than a month away. Season begins August 24th in Orlando, Florida. The U and the Gators. And I cannot wait. All of us are chomping at the bit. So thank you all for hanging out. Listen to Marty Smith's America podcast. Thanks so much to Justin Moore for giving us his time. Congratulations to him on having his fifth studio album out Late Nights and Long Necks. Y'all go buy it. Travis, great job getting Justin on before he got too terribly crazy. Appreciate y'all listening. Thanks so much to Louise for giving us this platform. And to Dan and Stu Gotts and Mike Ryan and everybody down there, I'll be there real soon. I'm in studio for the entire show on August 5th. Oh, Lord. The day that my book – excuse me, 3-2. The day before my book debuts in bookstores all across this nation, the boys are going to have me on. And we can discuss the chapter that I wrote on those guys. It's a funny one.
2: Are they going to let you redeem yourself from uh, the last time you were on with Dan?
0: They're just, on I guess. I mean, they still think that I told the worst story in the history well, of the show. Mina but,
2: Kimes, I believe, recently had a bad story, and I think they said that might have been even worse than yours. I can't remember my, it, which was worse, so you you need to ask them about it. I
0: was on the beach the other day, and one of Lainey's friend's dad's goes, that was a good story. it's just too long. Like, yeah. dude, get to the point. Anyway, whatever. Uh. I love them. They're going to have me on, and, and we'll discuss the, the chapter I wrote on them, which also happens to include the post pattern that I threw on the White House lawn, unscripted. We have some serious cojones. <laughs> anyway, thank God that the Secret Service has a sense of humor. Uh, that's it for today. Appreciate you all hanging out. Thanks so much to uh, our law enforcement all over this country, keeping our community safe, and our men and women in uniform all over this world. I appreciate our military members so much for working hard and fighting to keep us free. We live in the greatest nation in the world, and they are the reason. Have a great one, guys. We'll try to do better next time. This is Marty Smith's America, Volume 64. See you all next week.